0: Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. The documentary Imagining the Indian screens this week at both the Avalon Theatre in D.C. and cinema arts theaters in Fairfax, Virginia. I spoke to co-director Aviva Kempner and writer-producer Kevin Blackstone for a second time to chart their progress since the Washington football team changed its name.
1: Aviva Kempner, co-director,
2: co-producer. Kevin Blackstone, co-producer, co-writer.
0: And it's great catching up with you both again. Uh, We're talking about the documentary uh, Imagining the Indian. We spoke back when you all helped force the name change of the Washington football team to the Commanders. But now we're catching up again because it's going to open here in the D.C. area at the Avalon Theater right in Chevy Chase, D.C. there.
1: Well, actually, as you know, the Avalon is 100 years this year. And the fact of the matter that the old name of the Washington football team and three more professional teams and two thousand other teams are like a hundred years old in terms of how demeaning the names are. So, Kevin, do you want to talk about how this project came about?
2: We started this project with uh, Sam Bardley, um, who made the thirty for thirty doc uh, on Lynn Bias, uh, and his friend Colin McIver, who also worked on that. Um, started this back in 2014, and since 2014, um, the the Washington football team has changed its name. The Cleveland baseball team has changed um, its name, uh, and so there has been change a- along the way. And I can't take credit for it. Um, that's that's not necessarily exactly how how or why we started the started the project. But I will say this: that there has been you know an increasing groundswell of support on the streets and among fans and more and more allyship with native people, um, recognizing the deleterious effects of these names and images. Um, And that is what has really brought the pressure uh, to bear upon teams like the Washington football team um, and its sponsors like FedEx, which really um, uh, put its foot down and said, either you change the name or we're out.
1: Well, we have to remember, that, uh, especially Suzanne Harjo, who had led the charge for decades to change the name. And remember that Dan Schneider said, never, well, that that didn't hold true, both with the Black Lives Movement and a lot of the Native involvement with their allies. Um, There was also a a local group rebrand. And it's really exciting to see how the name was changed here. As um, Kevin said, Fed Express said, you know, we can't have this name anymore. Now this kind of fight is going on in Kansas City to change the Chiefs name. And the most egregious in baseball is, of course, Atlanta and the CHOP, which I'll be there for opening day like I always am because I'm the big baseball fan. As Kevin Gover says in the film, Native Americans do not do the CHOP. It's a whole made up thing. For me, it reminds me of like a Hitler rally, and and that's just got to change. And we're um, going to be in Atlanta in three weeks showing the film and hoping to uh, build support for a local movement to also change the name there.
0: Well, yeah, not. I'm glad you brought up, you know, opening day with, with the Nats or opening weekend. It really reminds you that in, in D.C., you know, Hopefully no one in D.C. will be doing the chop. But if it was in Atlanta, you know that whole stadium will be doing it, just like the whole stadium does it with every time the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. It's almost like a cognitive dissonance that the league officials across these different leagues and fans and broadcasters and journalists and TV networks, there's this weird dichotomy where they, on the one hand, they celebrate the D.C. football team changing to commanders and, you know, say, okay, that's, that's the right side of history. But then they allow this chop to happen literally like the next, in the next game you know the commanders will finish their game and then and then we turn to the chiefs game and there's the tomahawk job. talk about how it just seems like it's like if our fan base is gonna change it how is kansas city allowed to
2: keep going well um you know this is an educational process uh as i point out in the film you know i came up in a very progressive household which happened to hold um season tickets to the washington football team for forever um but this was never really an issue and I didn't think about it until the, um, until the 1990s and really begin to study it and really begin to understand um, a connection between uh, uh, black folks and what we feel is um, a misappropriation um, of our culture in uh, greater society and what native people feel is a misappropriation of their culture in greater society, and uh, it wasn't until then that I really began to to step back, and uh, and I grew a sensitivity towards um, the name of the team that I grew up with, um, as well as other teams that used names and and imagery, and so while um, in one locale uh, we may have come to. Uh, some understanding about how um, uh, how derogatory um, these names and images are. there are other places that just have not reached that understanding. They don't have that sensitivity. Um, they don't they don't know the history. And so that's where we are with this with this film in a lot of ways um, to make people understand that 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 sort of performance um, in the stands by fans um, is really mocking uh, native culture and native people and it's not until they understand that and are willing to open their eyes and look at the history and 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 see what it is that they're doing and understand that the hurt that it it levels upon native people um, until then they're not going to change and you would hope that the leagues would take, um, some ownership of this, um, and they really haven't. Um, and so it's, you know, it's a real, you know, it's a real struggle. It's not something that's going to change overnight, as, as Aviva pointed out. Um, you know, Suzanne Shonharjo has been at this since, you know, the early 1970s. And there are uh, Indian, there are Native people before her who, who have been fighting it since the 1940s. So th- this is not um, uh, th- this is not an easy fight. Um, it's taken a long time, and I assume it's going to take even even longer.
1: You, you know, we have a, a couple psychologists in the film that makes a direct correlation between these demeaning uh, mascots and things that go on uh, on the field. And really affects the emotional and psychological profiles of young Native Americans or older ones. I mean, we we're really talking about um, the negative effect it has on Native people. And one thing that's really rewarding for us when people come out of the movie is say, we learned so much, we didn't realize how demeaning this was. And not only do we have Kevin talking about how he realized it, we have a very respected um congressman jamie raskin we have uh, congresswoman eleanor H- norton we have former uh, council member david R- grasso who all came to uh, to the realize how demeaning this can be and then we have stories of people like in cooperstone a young uh, student emily greenberg who in meeting with navajo young navajos realized that she had to go back to her community and change so we want the film both educates as well as tell people what they can do. And most importantly, we're very proud that we got the support of two tribes, uh, casino tribes in California, because they already have been leading the way. They've done commercials, um Dia and San Manuel's to say, Hey, stop this mascotting. It hurts our kids every time we watch it. And we don't want that, you know, to happen. And I think, both Kevin and I, I, uh, who have always made films about anti-Semitism or countering negative stereotypes about Jews, and Kevin about blacks, we realized in working with Ben West, who um, is Cheyenne himself, that that we've we we together we have to counter this, and we're hoping that people come out and they'll do something because there are still two thousand you know high school and junior high names besides uh, these other teams. And when it comes to baseball, and I'm so appreciative that, you know, we got a team back here in Washington, um, you know, they're changing the rules. I personally don't like the rules, but it seems to me that could, could easily say, and there shouldn't be racist names anymore. So um, I, I concur with Kevin that there should be some leadership in terms of MLB in saying, you know, Atlanta, you just got to change your ways. pretty sure that's J Lo. And PS, the person behind all of this
2: is Chris Jenner,
1: LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends.
2: Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
0: So yeah, I just want to clarify so it's not it's not just, you know, tomahawk chops and stuff like that or mascots it is like it's the actual names of Braves and you know Chiefs and things like that that, that the film is fighting to to change those as well right I just want to make sure oh, absolutely okay so kevin educate folks on why those names um are also deemed offensive um because i guess in this town the the name was literally Red, a color, and then the a person's skin, like that, is probably the most egregious, you know, that you could imagine. So obviously, that had to change. Um, uh, Cleveland Indians, Indian uh, Native Americans, what they're actually called. Columbus was wrong; they weren't even from India. So get you get why that's changed. So now educate, you know, as we move down the line of this, why Braves, Chiefs address the devil's advocates right. that will say, uh, you know, well,
2: it's it's a name of pride. It's it's insulting for a majority of people in this country who, either. Uh, whose forefathers were either out to eradicate or remove Native people from this land, which was theirs, to then make a decision to use their likeness, um, what they believed to be their names um, and their culture, uh, to name sports teams or to name consumer products, to use them in any other way, right? That's not their, that's not their choice to make, um, number one. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, when you talk about white supremacy, that's, that's white supremacy um, 101. Uh, and no one ever asked these people, native people, indigenous people, um, if, if this was okay with them, and now that they have spoken out for so long to say that this is not okay with them, um, then then we should give them we should give them that space. We should give them an ear. Um, they are far more than the monolithic images created by the Europeans who arrived on these shores than that which is depicted in commercialism, um, and particularly, uh, and most noticeably in sports. And so that's why, that's why this is a, this is a big, big issue. Um, because it's, it's a lie. It's not, you know, it's, it's not true. Um, and it's, and it's very demeaning. Um, think about any other culture, any other Race, any other ethnic group um, that would have its culture appropriated—I should say misappropriated—by um, a dominant culture to use any which way it it, it chooses. Um, no one would no one would accept that. People would not accept that, and so that's why this is, you know, this is um, this was highly problematic and. And also, I'll just point out, I thought, you know, we we didn't interview Keith Ellison, but we have a clip of Keith Keith Ellison at a at a rally, the former um, uh, congressman from Minnesota who happens to be um, Muslim. Um, But he points out that this is the sort of thing that is a door to racism, which is really one of my attractions to 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 doing this film, because I'm always interested in like how racism started, right? What's the the seed? And the seed on this continent is the arrival of Europeans and their attempt to erase native people and their culture from this continent. That is the beginning. And then enslaved Africans Uh, came along after that who by the way uh, came along to replace the labor um, uh, of native americans that was um, harnessed by europeans upon their their first arrival here
1: yeah And, and and um as a filmmaker i'm also very sensitive, to the fact that Hollywood, more than any other field, has all even more than sports has contributed to the negative, and you know, not truthful portrayal of Native Americans. I mean, you can go to any kind of these films. You know, the whole Tonto. Um, just time and time again, we show cartoons where you know, uh, Native Americans are just, or indigenous people are subject to being killed or mocked. And it's something that, again, is very hurtful to Native American youth that we really can make a difference if we get rid of these negative mascots to, to the mental health of young um indigenous people in this country and other countries. And what's really wonderful that we're finding when people come out of the movie and we're gonna have all kinds, we'll have a list of the things, that, uh, the kind of things they can get involved in is people just don't realize it if themselves, if they're not Native American, how hurtful it is. And that's a commitment that we all have in making the film to, to make real change in terms of the names.
0: Well said, both of you. As Kevin, you're sitting there recounting the actual history, the the dual seeds of where all this began. It drives me nuts when people use the phrase critical race theory as like a negative or woke as a negative you know and, and, and they're, they're like why are you trying to change everything well it's almost like why are you scared to learn It's we're not making up an alternate history we're peeling back these lies that have been told and wouldn't you want to be closer to the truth of the matter and then weave in any any good history with bad history and then bring to where we are present and, and try to make it better going forward I even look back to when I spoke to both of you what was it in 2020 before they did the, the commanders did the name change and even mm-hmm. I even look at that to now now flash forward what not even three years later and to see the the r word in print now even though back then we were saying you know the r word are changing their name and it seemed like you'd put it in your article but even to see it now it's like oh my gosh that, that word it jumps out at you know you won't we wouldn't even say it now but talk about how how quickly it can be like you know once you make a change you get used to it talk about sure. people that maybe are hesitant to do it how you know once you take the leap it's it's really not that hard
2: <laughs> well you know one needs only look at uh what happened in Cleveland, right? The- uh, the Cleveland uh, baseball franchise changed their names to the Guardians um, after having that uh, ha- after being named after indigenous people for, you know, basically for over a century. Um, and uh, did it make a difference to their fan base? Absolutely not. They went out and bought the new gear. Um, they adopted the new, the new name uh, and the team. uh, uh had renewed um, success, not because of the name change, just because uh, they're a good they're a good team. And so there's you, you can't look anywhere in this country where, or even in Canada, um, where a team has uh, realized the error of its ways um, and erased that and, and erased Indigenous names and imagery and performance um, from their franchise and not continued on and not um, uh, uh, lost any, any of its fans. Um, and people, they may not forget about it, um, but they, they move on because it's really, that's really not what it's about. it's about. It's about the community around your team, the team you love to root for, to, to beat another city's team, um, to cheer on um, those athletes. Uh, it, it really has made uh, absolutely um, no difference. And you even look in this city, um, people may not like the name of the, the new name that the team has chosen, the commanders, um, but they're not walking away from the franchise because of it. Um, they're just as engaged and just as angry about the lack of success that the team has had for 20 years as they've ever been. Um, and so it's, you know, at the end of the day, um, uh, another name is just a name. And another name is just a way to to rally around a team.
1: You know, someone wrote uh, we had a, a a nice review of the film in the New York Daily News, and he had a great line. It's not we're saying don't love your team, just change the name. You know, we're we're all we're all sports fans who made who made the movie, and what we're trying to say is do not be on the backs of demeaning Native Americans by keeping some archaic names we we have to make progress about being kind to our history to know our history but more importantly not to offend people by by calling you know these insidious mascots and names
0: well wow. Uh, the fight is a very timely one. I mean, it's the the reigning Super Bowl champions, um, and yeah. the baseball team that play the Nats on opening day. So, uh, it's it's right in front of us, folks. So, if you want to sort of catch the zeitgeist of of a very important social issue, uh, head over to the Avalon on April seventh and check out um, imagining the Indian. Uh, I guess just can you know, I up? mention
1: one more thing about a name? Go I ahead, think go ahead. Thing anyone who lives in Washington. The reason we're called the Nats and not the Senators is we don't have statehood. So I'm hoping the name change I'm working on and the film is dedicated to it is statehood so that one day we can go back to our original name of the senators
0: oh wow that would be cool to go back to all the, the people that remember the senators to root for the the old name talk about a name change
1: <laughs> that Very, would be real progress well
0: yeah that if now we're transcending sports and talking about you know actually having what is it taxation with representation <laughs> but yeah. um anyway cool yeah well so where do i I want to end with you know just in terms of the film as a film and you know the the, the rollout here so it's going to play avalon april 7th and then where does it go from there is it is Is it nationwide?
1: They should check the Avalon schedule. There's all kinds of events. We're also going to be in Virginia at Cinema Arts. Um, And Rhonda Lovato, who's leading the fight in Kansas City, is going to join us the weekend after next. So people can know a lot more about the fight that's going on because it really is very parallel. Don't you think, Kevin, to what we went through here in Washington? And then after that, we're in Atlanta, Los Angeles, Chicago. Kansas City, Phoenix, and lo and behold, Columbus, Ohio just booked us, which haven't gone to Michigan. That's curious to me, but if they're interested, let them show it. The whole thing is to educate people on why these names are so insidious and why change is necessary.
0: Well, I appreciate you, you both joining us, and uh, we invite everyone to go back and and, and check out you know our, our other conversations in the archives from a couple years ago too, just to sort of see how how fast this thing moved. From a journalistic standpoint, it's fa- it's fascinating to me to see how the cultural conversation can can shift so quickly. And maybe three years from now, we'll be having a whole new ball game, uh, up no pun intended, about Chiefs and Braves and the rest. Um, hey, thanks so much both of you for joining us. Thank you.